its face, its its embarrassment. They are doing it out of pride. Oh, way back in the 70s, I guess, the movie network uh, gave us a vision of people coming out on their balconies, opening their windows and screaming, I'm not going to take it anymore. I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. Uh, in the early days of the pandemic here, we saw in New York City for many months, uh, right around six o'clock, I guess it was, people came out on their balconies or went out in the streets and started banging pots and pans as a measure of support for the frontline people who were who were taking care of, of the, the first uh, COVID victims. But I have to tell you, uh, what I'm about to show you is is it's not graphic. It's just it's just tremendously dis, uh, disconcerting and 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 shocking because. I'm about to play for you some uh, video footage shot in Shanghai, China. And instead of people yelling in anger or screaming or, or banging pots, they're simply wailing. They're simply crying as loud as they possibly can. Take a look. Steve, this is this to me is much more powerful than than people yelling slogans or anger or saying "Let us out of here." If everybody was screaming "Let us out of here," that'd be one thing. This is this is this is the sound of human despair. It's just simple wailing, and it's wailing because these people have been locked down in Shanghai now for weeks and weeks and weeks. We're talking about tens of millions of people. They're not allowed out of their apartments. This is the draconian lockdown response that we have now, finally, come to grips with, with a little bit of factual data, because I'm one of those people that prefers to follow the science rather than following the scientists. So along with this lockdown in Shanghai, we find out that the states in the United States who had the best response to COVID, Florida and Texas, were the two states that stopped the lockdowns the first. The states that had the worst response, New York and California, were the ones that continued them the longest. Dr. Fauci has recently said, oh, no, the lockdown's mass. You just take care of yourself, which is what he should have said on the first day. But we are now at what appeared to be the tail end of the of the COVID pandemic and Shanghai has suddenly been locked down in a way that no other city or, or culture on the planet has been locked down. I have a theory for this. I was wondering if you do. Yeah, I sure do. And I'll, I'll get to it in a minute, moment because there's a there's kind of a winding, twisted logic path of mine that we've, we've got to follow our way down. Um, but before I do that, that that wailing you've mentioned, you know, network from the seventies. There was another popular trend in the seventies, another stupid popular trend because it was the seventies called primal scream therapy, yeah. and that reminded me. The scene from Shanghai reminded me of those the primal scream stuff from the seventies, except instead of your therapy session being over and you're free to go about your business, you turn around from your balcony and you're right back in that same locked down apartment and I can't imagine you have nowhere to go you have it's unimaginable um, at least to me here in Colorado you know I I've heard theories 
The oldest people in China are, believe it or not, the least likely to be vaccinated. The people who most need that kind of uh, mitigation of the effects of COVID are the ones least likely to be vaccinated in China. And I've heard theories on on the web that, oh, uh, that's just Xi's way of killing off the, uh, the, the older population that China's economy can't afford to support in their retirement. But that doesn't make any sense. If that's what Xi Some wanted, of them are old enough to remember the Great Leap Forward. Maybe they distrust their government a little more than others. It could very well be. Um, but if Xi wanted these people people to die, why lock down in Shanghai? Uh, you just let the virus run its course, kill half the old people, and hey, hey, you're, you're right. Um, but we've got this, this unprecedented lockdown in Shanghai, people literally starving in their own homes because they can't go out to shop and there's enough delivery services, you know, for a tiny fraction of the people who need food delivered to their homes and their apartments. Uh, unprecedented to have people starving in their own homes in a country as wealthy as modern China has become. Um, so this isn't about saving lives. This isn't about killing off, off old people. It's a pure power play on the part of Xi Jinping because he can't afford, after having declared that China's way was the best way and the best way was zero COVID. That's what it's called. Zero That's COVID. Right. He can't afford to lose face. And if that means that people need to wail in existential despair night after night from their own balconies, then that's the price that will be paid to uh, to satisfy uh, Xi Jinping's ego. And I, I hope that there's some slim chance he hears those words. Um, here in Colorado, uh, we are the only Democrat-run state, and it's Democrat-run. There's not a, there hasn't been a Republican elected to statewide office since, since 2014. Um, we are the only uh, Democrat-run state to get one of these A ratings on our on our COVID response, and I've got a theory as to why. There was a lot of talk from uh, uh, Governor Polis and the rest of the Democratic establishment about all the things they were gonna do, and they tried some of them very briefly, and others never materialized at all. And I'll tell you the reason, at least my theory. Here in Southern Colorado and out on the Western Slopes, it's all very conservative or uh, or rural Democrats, old school blue collar Democrats. They don't put up with this progressive woke bull stuff that exists pretty much only in the Denver Boulder axis. That's it. And the and the college towns that that is it for Democrats in the state. But there are so many of them that that they run the state. But. Polis is smarter, and I don't think Jared Polis is very bright. Governor Polis is smarter than Xi Jinping, because I think he knew he couldn't afford to implement all of these idiot policies two years ago, because those of us here in Southern Colorado and on the Western Slope would have ignored them. We would have made him look like the fool he actually is on the inside. And his ego, I think, saved his administration and, frankly, saved Colorado a lot of money and a lot of trouble. Uh, Scott, uh, people are not just shouting from their balconies. They're jumping off of them, too. And, and clearly, when you're talking about a psychological response to being imprisoned in your own house and essentially facing the real risk of starvation, the genuine risk of starving to death, that tells me that the number of people jump, jumping off of these balconies is going to increase on a day-by-day -day basis as long as this lockdown continues. That's just how it's going to go. But when it comes to pure science fiction level dystopia, you're going to be hard-pressed to beat uh, Shanghai. Um, on, on your segment on Right Angle this week, you talked about uh, facial recognition technology, thermal imaging devices in Hawaii. 
And uh, this uh, look at Shanghai might be a good reason to think that again. Not only do we have in China now policemen on the streets with visors that give them an infrared view at people. They're walking through crowds and checking individuals to see if their forehead's warm and if they're, if they're, it's like predator. I mean, honest to God, that's what it looks like. They're just looking at these heat signatures in the crowd and arresting people who are warmer than others. And, and the, the most dystopian thing I've ever heard in my life uh, came from Shanghai a few days ago, where the Chinese government commissioned a drone to fly over the city with a blinking anti-collision strobe light and a loudspeaker urging the people, not or urging, ordering the people to give up their, their, um, their spirit of freedom, to give up their desire for freedom, remain indoors, uh, do what the government says. And, and this thing flying through the city telling people Give up this idea of freedom, stay indoors, is to me precisely the kind of thing that we fear and 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 rightfully fear. We fear it from the tech uh, encroachments. We fear it from the loss of individual liberties. We fear it all over the place. The only difference between Shanghai and and, and the United States is that we're heavily armed, and that's the only difference. And I wanted to get your opinion on on this level of despair. One of the things that we've seen are text messages that are starting to go back and forth. We don't know if this is one person, don't even know if it's real, but it has a ring to it. That Chinese people are finally saying, I, I think I begin to understand now why there was a revolution in China in the first place. You know, it, a communist revolution in the first place. If you're going to starve your population, it provides some motivation for regime change, I've noticed. You know, I... There's so many things about this that are just so depressing and sickening. Um, I... Honestly, I think there's a lot more difference between us and China than just the fact that we're yes. armed. Uh, but that said, um, I don't think we appreciate the degree to which people in countries like China are imprisoned. Um, I can't imagine at the, at the darkest days of the pandemic here, I could hop in my car anytime I wanted, go anywhere I wanted. Uh, you know, it was now there may be not as many stores open that I wanted to go to necessarily, but there were, I, I, I never felt like I was entrapped. I felt like, okay, everybody's trying to do something to slow this thing down. My wife and I went fishing, you know, we, we actually had some of the best times of our marriage here during that uh, pandemic. And, and these people mm. are, are in like, like you said, some sort of dystopian jail. Um, it, it's just horrifying to think of. The other thing that I think is fascinating is that even the worst uh, tyrannies in history have collapsed. And then none of them are insured against it. There's no, uh, there's no guarantee that that, that that system of government will not collapse. And, and the tell in this is that they have to send a message around that says, give up your dreams of freedom, basically. Give up your hope of, of escape. Give up your hope of, of liberty. Because the Chinese government itself understands that that beats in the heart of every person on earth. Whether they're enjoying that freedom or not at the moment, they all yearn for it. It is the natural, I would say, God-given condition or state of man to long for freedom. And that, more than anything, whoever programmed those drones to fly around and say that had to understand this is the Achilles heel of our entire system of government. 
We know it. They know it. And at some point, they're going to act on it. A little earlier in Shanghai, there was video of policemen chasing down and killing a dog that had escaped from somebody's apartment because they were concerned that the dog might spread COVID throughout Shanghai. So they tracked this little dog down and beat it to death. Now, why? Why are they doing this? Why are they treating what appears to be late stage COVID-19 as if it was aerosolized Ebola, as if it had an 80% fatality rate? Why are they doing this? to their own people. Why We are rapidly reaching the point now where we are going to see people, large numbers of people in China are going to be starving to death because of this, if this doesn't change very soon. So what could possibly be motivating their government to, to commit these kind of draconian measures against their own population for a disease that, that formerly had a fatality rate of, uh, of 2% and, and it's now probably considerably considerably lower than that? Steve touched on it. It's, it's state power, but it's, it's actually a little bit more precise than that. It's face. It's, it's embarrassment. They are doing it out of pride. China, from the beginning, said, we don't have a COVID problem. And many, many American idiots went, oh, well, if we were more like China and really locked everybody else down, then we'd be fine. But we find out, as I said, that Florida and Texas did the best job of dealing with COVID uh, in terms of impact. And they were the ones that, that were the least oppressive and the states that were the most oppressive did the worst. China has this information. They know this. This isn't about science. This isn't about any of this. This is about two things. China has said for two years that their system is superior to ours. And look at the fact that they have no COVID deaths. Therefore, here's your evidence. I've never believed that about the numbers. But now when you've got a city like Shanghai, you're going to see some. You're going to see some results. They won't have that. They'd rather have people starve or jump off of buildings than 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 to lose face and and be revealed for the charlatans that they are. That's that's one aspect of it. Another aspect of it is, I think, on some level uh, around the world, we've seen for two years now, what is essentially a running experiment. I, I'm not saying it was designed this way, but I'm saying there's no question that data has come out of it, and that data is how much will a people take. How much of how much government coercion will any given people take? How much will Americans take? How much will British take? How much will Chinese take? How much will the Indians take? All of this stuff. This stuff is is not is not based on science. None of it is. I suspect that what is finally happening is for the first time in their lives the Chinese people are beginning to realize the extent of the prison that they live in and are starting to pay a price greater than the benefit. In 2001, I was working as an editor and I did a documentary on China on, on a number of things like the Moon Festival and all the rest of it. We had footage from 2000, we had footage from 1995, and we could not cut the footage together because China had gone from being a place where everybody was wearing blue Mao jackets and living in, in dirt floor huts to everybody having a cell phone and a Mercedes and living in glass skyscrapers. It has been net gain for the Chinese people this hybrid of capitalism and communism, been a net game for them, essentially, for the last 25 years. Now they're beginning to realize that maybe there's some limits to, uh, to what that prosperity costs. And maybe finally, as people are out there on their balconies, wailing and moaning in animal frustration, terror, fear, anger, despair, despair is the word, 
maybe now even more Chinese, not just the ones in Hong Kong, are beginning to realize that this game is not worth the candle and that this government is not worth the luxuries, that those luxuries can be obtained in many other ways that don't require you to go out on your balcony and jump off of it because you're a prisoner in your own house in a country that treats you like a prisoner in your own country. For Steve Green and Scott Ott, I'm Bill Whittle. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time right here on Writing. 